The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Boy, did I love the movie Unbroken. Hi there, it's Doc Thompson. There's a new movie in theaters September 14th called Unbroken Path to Redemption. It's the rest of the true story of Louis Zamperini, an Olympic runner and later prisoner of war hero in World War II. It's his life after war. It compassionately shows how he worked through his demons and his anger, and more importantly, found peace with God. Unbroken Path to Redemption is especially timely and is in theaters September 14th. Check out unbrokenfilm.com, unbrokenfilm.com. John Malcolm joining us now, Vice President Institution Institute for Constitutional Government. Hey, John, how are you? I'm doing right. Good to be with you. It was a pretty bizarre display all the way around on Capitol Hill. Yeah, I mean, the circus is exactly the way to describe it. I mean, a lot of it was choreographed, not the people in the audience, perhaps. Well, they, I'm sure they choreographed things amongst themselves, but it was, it was just disgraceful. And what was supposed to be about four hours of an opening day ended up becoming eight hours, and, and who knows what the next three days are going to be like. Yeah, you're right. I think choreographed, there's only, the only way to describe that, especially the beginning of it, where Camilla Harris, uh, Kamala Harris, the senator from California, starts off within 14 words interrupting um, uh, Grassley, Chuck Grassley, the chairman of the committee, and begins, uh, I, d- object, object, we've got to postpone all this. And she pauses, and then the senator from Hawaii, and then the two dicks, Durbin and uh, Blumenthal. Yeah, and then Cory Booker. It's like one right after the other. They knew what they were going to do, John. Yeah, now they they clearly had discussed this. In fact, Dick Durbin has has more or less admitted this and said that they debated walking, just not showing up. Uh, And then they decided, probably because a couple of them were going to run for president and didn't want to. (laughs) It's hammer time that they would indeed show up, but that this is what they were going to do. And things got rapidly out of control. I am assuming that Chuck Grassley will keep things more in control today. The timers, in terms of the, the questions, are a lot tighter. They, presumably somebody actually wants to hear from the nominee, which they get their opportunity to do that today and tomorrow. So I'm hoping that things will be better, but of course you still can't control what protesters are doing in the audience. Yeah, well, it's, it's bizarre from a Chuck Grassley standpoint. I mean, I think he did a pretty good job, all things considered, the way they had kind of sabotaged it. But how do you expect something like that? It wasn't just the their objections. They were they were out of order. That's not standard procedure. They were violating the rules of the Senate. Yeah, no, that that's right. Look, you know, he can handle it any number of ways. I suppose what he wanted to do was to let people have their peace so that the one thing they couldn't say at the end of the day was that he'd, he'd cut them off and wouldn't let them talk. I mean, they could say he wouldn't let us go into an executive session and vote to, you know, shut down the hearings, all that stuff. But they can't say that he didn't, you know, he didn't let them speak. Uh, but it was, it was quite quite something and it just gave you a taste for for what these hearings are going to be like for the next several days and frankly what the floor debate is going to be like after uh kavanaugh gets voted out of committee it's just going to be ugly from beginning to end do you speculate that they really those senators on the left really thought that they were going to derail this and delay it yesterday or this was just pandering to try to create some uh, energy for the blue wave yeah i don't think that they that they thought this had much of a chance of success i i think that's Right. I mean, at this point, this will certainly not appeal to any Republican who might be wavering on Kavanaugh. And if their goal is to defeat the nominee, 
that's what they have to do. If, what if their goal is to somehow convince the American public that this is a fraud and the president's a fraud and this is a, a sham nominee who has some smoking gun uh, hidden that they're not turning over, uh, then, you know, th- then that's what these theatrics are all about. And as I say, a couple of people are running for re-election, a couple of people are probably running for president, uh, and so they're trying to rile up their base. And I hate to say that, but I think that's what it is. No, I think you're absolutely right. That None of it makes sense. They couldn't be that delusional to believe they were actually going to derail it uh, more than a couple of minutes. And then you have the protesters in there doing the same thing. They, they know they're going to get kicked out. It's trying to get that, uh, that moment or two of fame so they can try to energize people because you had the protesters there. And then the other craziness... Uh, at the concluding of uh, conclusion of the morning session, Kavanaugh stood up. He turns to his left to exit, and from out behind him, um, Fred Gutenberg, one of the parents of somebody who was murdered during the Parkland mass murder uh, in February, kind of tugged on his back or his arm and is like, "Hey!" And Brett Kavanaugh turned around and he stuck his hand out and said something, and Kavanaugh looked very confused, like, "What?" and "Who are you?" and then turned and quickly walked away. And that was being used as a, look, Brett Kavanaugh doesn't care about murdered children. When, I mean, John, you're in that situation, you've been under the microscope and you've seen all those theatrics all morning, and you know that could only be at that moment used for some sort of photo op or something. Yeah, you know, I don't know enough uh, uh, about exactly what happened. Obviously, I have sympathy for the man for what happened Mm -hmm. to him and his family. But, you know, Brett Kavanaugh, with his daughters there, had to sit there for all of these hours and endure all of this. And, of course, he gets these short breaks and people are tugging at him. He knows half the people in the room, the other one. And, and it, it has to be just a dizzying moment for yeah. him. And so if he somehow slighted the guy by not shaking the hand of someone he has no idea who this person is, um, boy, to try to make something out of that, it, it just goes. Just right. goes people will make people are, are desperate and will try to make something out of nothing. Yeah, nobody's going to be that dumb to go. Oh, Parkland father, let me snub them in public. Come on, right. you just wouldn't be right. that dumb if you're, you know, in the public eye and you know looking for a confirmation. So, what is your speculation? Does he get confirmed here? Yes, uh, he's just a superb nominee, and you're going to see that. Uh, over the course of the next couple of days, uh, you know, he, he, in addition to being a, a just an excellent individual, he has all sorts of personal qualities that shine through. I mean, he's been a distinguished judge for the last dozen years in the second most important court in the land, and his opinions are are thoughtful and thorough. Uh, and you know, he's well respected by judges across the country, and that. Uh, the Democrats and are trying to politicize this as much as possible, but it's essentially a judge is supposed to be apolitical, and I think he's going to do just as fine a job as Neil Gorsuch did and ultimately get confirmed. It'll be close, but he'll get confirmed. So yesterday's process was supposed to be introduction. He has some statements, some senators get to make some statements, uh, and then you lay out the, the format for the following days. And then today was and will, I guess, still be the beginning of questions, right? Right. So today's going to be supposed to I mean, yesterday was the long, a long day. Today is supposed to be the longest day in that presidents have these, I, I forget, 30-minute rounds or 40-minute rounds of questions, and they get all the way through that. Then he comes back again tomorrow for a shorter round of questions. And then the last day is going to be uh, taken up by the ABA representative. They've already announced that they've unanimously given Kavanaugh their highest rating. And then there will be short panels of people who think that Brett Kavanaugh is tremendous and people and, and, and other people who think that Brett Kavanaugh is, is a danger to humanity as we know it. What is so bizarre about this, and I think it plays to that whole 
um, what the what their true agenda is is just to try to influence the election. You know that blue wave is because we've seen such a rebuke of Brett Kavanaugh, and we didn't see that for Neil Gorsuch. And Neil Gorsuch, by all accounts, is more conservative. And number two was the guy who got the seat when Merrick Garland was not given a hearing. Neil Gorsuch should they should have had this reaction for Neil Gorsuch. Well. Right. Uh, uh, well, I, I would say that they did have this reaction for Neil Gorsuch. I mean, so much so he was such a well-qualified nominee that not a single Democrat indicated they would support him, and which finally led any wavering Republican to say, well, if they're not going to confirm this guy, they'll never confirm anybody, and therefore we're going to blow up the filibuster. The theme for Neil Gorsuch was that this was a, a stolen nomination. Sure. Uh, and and the theme for the, they've already played that one out. So the theme for this one is something different, and and that the stakes are higher because this is the Kennedy seat, and he was your perennial swing uh, swing voter justice. So the theme for this one is we don't have the papers. Uh, the president's under a cloud of legal suspicion, and and Kavanaugh was picked in order to protect him. I mean, all errant nonsense. But you know that's that's the theme for this one. And and I, uh, boy. Pretty hard picking who's going to be treated worse, Kavanaugh or Gorsuch. Those are both very high bars. (laughs) So uh, are you hearing any other rumors about the future of the Supreme Court? Anybody else who may retire in the coming years? uh, Because I've heard some rumblings. I haven't heard any other rumors. It would not completely surprise me, much as I love Justice Thomas, if Justice Thomas at some point during this administration were to say, I really want to be replaced by a Republican president, and I've been on the bench for 25 years on the Supreme Court. He was on the bench before that as a D.C. Circuit judge, and I like getting outside of the beltway. To me, being on the Supreme Court is not the be-all and end-all of everything. It would not surprise me completely if he were to retire. I don't think any of the other justices are going to retire, of course, you know, as an actuarial matter, both Stephen Breyer and Ruth Bader Ginsburg, long may they live, have already lived longer than the average lifespan or a man and woman in our country. So if you have another six years of a Trump presidency, yeah. it's entirely possible one of them might pass. Yeah, on. that's got to be on their mind again if their goal is to have a certain party replace them. Yeah, right. given the nomination. Awesome. Uh, John Malcolm, Vice President of the Institute for Constitutional Government. Where can people find out more about you? Uh, they can go to heritage.org and, uh, and look me up, or they can follow me on Twitter at, at Malcolm underscore John. Awesome. John, thanks so much, buddy. Appreciate the insight today. Good to be with you. Have a great day. The Heritage do a really good job. Oh, I love the Heritage. Yeah, they, they are awesome. They've uh, even lent us their studios at times when we've been on the road broadcasting, yeah. Yeah. so good stuff. Hey, it's Doc Thompson. Thanks for listening to the program. I want to tell you about another program that I think you're going to like. It's the Glenn Beck Program. Check it out now wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you hear yourself saying, feels pretty good to see somebody rub their nose in it, you may be addicted to outrage. We've expressed our outrage at everyone and everything that is different. Every thumbs up is like a dopamine surge and every retweet is a serotonin hit. In my new book, Addicted to Outrage, we bring clarity to this addiction. If enough of us can just drop our anger and outrage, we might just stand a chance to heal ourselves. Addicted to Outrage by Glenn Beck. Pre-order now at glennbeck.com slash addicted to outrage. Knowledge is power. Tweet at us with the hashtag what I learned today. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network.